0: Welcome to Drinking the Kool-Aid. Welcome. I'm your host, Megan. I'm Hannah. And today we have a story from Dateline. Ooh. (laughs) I know it's going to be good. I like watched it and it was such an interesting episode that I had to cover it. I am down. Okay. Heather Elvis was born June 30th, 1993 and was the middle child. She had an older brother, Chris, and a younger sister, Morgan. Heather's family says she wasn't really girly girl or tomboy. She was somewhere in between and didn't really define herself with any labels. She liked to ride four-wheelers, play volleyball, and shoot paintball guns, but then she also liked to put on dresses and get all dolled up. Nice. Yeah. Heather had a passion to create and would draw all the time. She actually decorated the house with all of her drawings or things that she had, like, written down. Love that. Yeah, it was super cute when I saw it. Love it. The family had a desk with a computer that they shared, and there were post-it notes all over. The one right smack dab in the middle was a reminder that she wrote herself, Heather is amazing. Oh my god. I know. Isn't that so cute? Girl, good for you. One thing that Heather was really good at was cosmetology. And she taught her younger sister a lot of the little tricks, but told her, "Cosmetology is mine and you can't have it." <laughs> Snappy. <laughs> yeah. And in like a typical sister response, Morgan got into cosmetology. Of course. After Heather graduated from high school, She got a job at a local bar that was called Tilted Kilt. I love that too, honestly. (laughs) Like so much, I know. (laughs) She seemed to be a natural hostess and would get people laughing and smiling as soon as they came in the door. During this time, Heather was kind of struggling a little bit with the dating scene and she was going through some pretty difficult breakups. Things were looking up, though, because she had just landed a new job in, you guessed it, cosmetology. Hey <laughs> On December 17th, 2013, Heather found out she was going to be a makeup artist. She went out on a date with a new guy, and during the date, she learned how to drive stick shift in his truck. To who? Yeah, she was having an amazing day, and she was, like, so proud uh, of herself. To be honest, that's that's an ideal date. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. Well, two days later, there was a knock on the door at Heather's parents' house. The police said, are you missing a car? And they, like, peeked in the driveway, Uh, and they're like, no, all the cars
1: are here. But thanks for the heart attack.
0: Well... (laughs) They weren't even thinking about Heather's car because she didn't live there anymore. Oh. She was living in an apartment with a friend. They were told that Heather's vehicle, a green Dodge Intrepid, was found at Peachtree Landing, but she wasn't in it. Don't love where this is going. Doesn't sound great. Heather's mom, Debbie, tried calling Heather's cell, and it just kept ringing and ringing, but no answer the police took her dad, Terry, over to the landing. He had a spare key for the car and they wanted to take a look around. When they got to the landing, Terry noticed something was strange right away. His daughter's car wasn't parked straight in a parking spot. It was sideways and took up three parking spots. That's the way the assholes park. I don't think she was being an asshole though. No, I know. I'm just saying that's the way the assholes are. Yes, work. yes, but not in her case. No. It was probably like right middle of the night when she did it. Right. No one there. Terry and the officers put on gloves and began looking through the abandoned car. They found Heather's driver's license, but her keys were not there. The officer suggested that maybe they should look in the trunk. Terry said he was so scared to open it, he held his breath. God, I would be too. But the trunk was empty. Okay. Now, remember, Heather was living with her friend at her apartment, and she had actually... This was with her friend Bree, and Bree had been out of town for several days. But she did hear that her friend was now missing, she called Terry Elvis, and this was when he was with the police looking through the car. He asked Brie, when was the last time you talked to Heather? She said that a day ago, Brie had called her from the apartment around 1.30 a.m., and this was right after her date. Heather told her that the date went amazing. She had so much fun, and she was definitely Gonna see this guy again the next day after he got off work. She didn't really call her friend Bree to chat about the new guy, though. She was pretty upset about a call that she had just received. Heather had been seeing an older man for a while named Sidney, and he dumped her a few weeks earlier. Brie said that Heather was hysterically crying when she told her that Sydney called. Brie thought, gosh, we were past this whole thing. And she asked, like, why did you even answer? Heather said that it wasn't a number that was his. She didn't recognize it. And he apologized to her and said, he's leaving his wife and he wants to be with her. Mm -hmm. And Brie basically told her, like, girl, don't do anything rash. Just go to bed. What I'm saying. You know, we'll handle this in the morning. This was the last known person to talk to Heather before her disappearance. Well, fuck. Terry and Debbie still had Heather on their family uh, phone plan, so they were able to contact the company and they sent over the records. After Heather called Bree that night, she made another call. In fact, she called this number several times. Her parents were able to Google the number and discovered that it belonged to Sydney Moore. Heather's parents were conducting their investigation in the middle of the night, and Terry decided to just give Sydney a call and see if he knew where his daughter was. He explained who he was and why he was calling, and before he could get any further, Sydney began cussing at him and told him he didn't know who Heather was okay, I'm sure he didn't, right? Terry and Debbie were just not willing to wait around for the answers. They started plastering flyers everywhere, and they went to social media, contacted local news stations. They tried everything. Yes. Meanwhile, the police were beginning to focus in on the new guy that Heather had gone on that date with. He said that he dropped Heather off at her apartment after their date, and then he went home. This ended up checking out, and he was really cooperative with the police. They decided maybe they should turn their focus back to Sydney, and the roommate, Bree, did have some information about him. Bree says that Heather met Sydney that summer at the Tilted Kilt, and he was actually working as a maintenance guy. The Tilted Kilt. I just love it so much. I know, it's super cute. Great name. They both really liked each other, but there was a bit of a problem. You know, because Sydney was married. That could be a problem. Right. Other employees from the Tilted Kilt say that the affair was not a secret. In fact, many of them actually were making fun of Heather for dating a married man plus i mean she was only 20 and sydney was 37 years old heather believed that sydney was going to leave his wife and she talked about this with her coworkers and her friends all the time she also told her friends that he was actually in an open marriage so they didn't have to keep the relationship secret in october of 2013 sydney's wife actually found out about the affair And that's when he broke up with Heather. Guess it wasn't open after all. Yeah, I didn't see that coming. Right. Police talked to Sydney, and he said that he did talk to Heather when she called him that night before her disappearance. They looked at the phone. Wait, he knows her now? Yeah, now all of a sudden he remembers who she was. Okay. So they looked at the phone records and found a mysterious number listed, and it was one that Heather had never called before. The number led to a payphone at a gas station, and there was a security camera pointing right at the phone. The call lasted about four minutes, and then Heather tried to call the number back several times afterwards. If the conversation lasted four minutes and Heather tried to call back several times, it would seem pretty likely that she knew the person on the other end. The security cam footage was pulled and it's really blurry. You can see somebody that's walking up to the phone, but you can't see who it is. Okay,
1: it's so freaking frustrating when you literally have it right there. I know. And then you you don't.
0: Yeah, it doesn't help. No, it just
1: sucks that. The camera is literally pointing to the exact spot.
0: Yes, I know it happens all the time. <sighs> well, the police decided to call Sydney back and they were like, hey, why did you go to a payphone and call Heather? And it worked. He said, yeah, I did make that phone call. The police began piecing together a timeline from Heather's phone. At 1.35 a.m., Sydney called Heather from the payphone. At one forty-four a.m., Heather called her friend Bree. Between 2.29 and 3.05 a.m., Heather called the payphone back nine times, but there was no answer. Then, Heather called Sydney's cell phone at 3.17 a.m., and they did talk for four minutes. Heather's phone was in her car from 3.25 to 3.37 a.m., and it headed to Peachtree Landing. Now, the police needed to figure out who met her at the landing. There was a woman that lived near the landing and she told the police that she had a home security camera. Maybe it captured something that could be useful. On December 18th, around 3.30 a.m., you can see a dark pickup truck passing the woman's home. The police... Well, let me
1: guess, you can't see the license plate. (laughs)
0: It doesn't specifically say that in the episode or the articles, but I don't believe that you can. probably not. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And, I mean, the police only believe that it's Sydney's truck, so I'm going to say no. Now, soon after this time, Heather's phone went dead and nobody heard from her again. The police began forming a theory. Maybe Heather had become a problem for Sydney and his marriage. So he lured her. Yeah. So he lured her to the landing and murdered her. They also believed that Sydney and Heather were not the only ones at the landing that night. What if his wife, Tammy Moore, was also there? I wondered that. You did? I did. Two months after the disappearance, Sydney and Tammy were both arrested and charged with Heather's kidnapping and murder. Tammy was interviewed and said they were a normal family and they had three kids. Sydney worked at local restaurants and Tammy stayed at home and she was homeschooling their children. They liked to do cookouts and go on family vacations. She admitted that, okay, yeah, she was pretty upset about the affair, but She was able to get over it. She hated what he had done, but she loved him. Tammy claims that within a day or two, she had a nice conversation with Heather on the phone. Now, I just want to say, like, I've been cheated on by every guy I was ever with, and I promise you, I wouldn't be calling up the ladies and having, like, a nice conversation. Uh, that's just Um, me, though.
1: actually you did <laughs> actually went i because i same except you know of course my love isaac <laughs> of course he you know he's the only one that hasn't cheated on me and don't ever because you're just gonna end up on this podcast if you do <laughs> but,
0: um i don't think
1: we can see that because something could happen
0: <laughs> to him in the future <laughs>
1: <laughs> but i actually um called her and asked her and she immediately was like i did not know he was still with you and told me everything so
0: sure and sometimes it goes like that yeah. where they have no idea but in this instance but heather yes, knew when she
1: knew then it's a different story because yeah. yeah the ones that knew i didn't i didn't uh react that way
0: this is why <laughs> i just have cats that's it <laughs> <laughs> i'll stick with that Thanks. oh yeah <laughs> tammy says that she told heather She wasn't mad at her, and Heather told her the whole story about what happened between her and Sydney. Friends of Heather say this simply isn't true. Tammy was calling Heather nonstop for hours and hours, and this was from Sydney's phone, and she was sending pictures of her and Sydney performing sexual acts. Oh, yeah. I'm not having a nice conversation at that point. Nope, not going to be nice at all. Since Heather's body wasn't found, the prosecutors did have to drop the murder charges. They both faced kidnapping charges, but everything was pretty circumstantial. A mistrial was declared for Sydney's case, and Tammy's trial was up next. They argued that Tammy was the mastermind and that she was just consumed with jealousy. It turns out that there was a rumor growing around this small town. Heather may have been pregnant with Sydney's child. Oh, shit! Yeah, and maybe that tipped Tammy over the edge? Oh, man. Well, Tammy told people that she beat the hell out of Sydney when she found out about the affair. She didn't just get over it in a day or two. Then she made Sydney tattoo her name across his abdomen. She also began chaining him to the bed at mm. night. Okay. I don't think she's over it. Nope. Police were able to locate several text messages that Tammy had sent to Heather, and there were some with threats. Heather told her friends that she was really afraid of Tammy. Now, we all know that friends can be total assholes at times. Apparently, some friends of hers decided to play a little prank on her. And they called Heather at work and pretended to be Tammy. no. And didn't realize that she was actually, like, terrified. They thought it was funny. She didn't. That's
1: a real distasteful joke there. Yeah.
0: Oops. I'm sure they didn't mean it, you know, in a super mean way, but it sucks because of what happened. That is unfortunate. After Heather disappeared, Tammy ended up writing a nasty Facebook post where... She referred to Heather as, quote, a psycho whore and claimed that she had been stalking her and her children. During the investigation, it was discovered that this whole thing was definitely premeditated. In the days leading up to Heather's disappearance, Sydney and Tammy's phones showed that they were showing up like near the bar she worked at and places that she went to often and even her apartment. It certainly looked like they were stalking her. Yeah. They decided to go after Heather when her roommate Bree was out of town. There is footage from a Walmart that shows Sydney was purchasing a pregnancy test for Heather. It's believed that Sydney used the payphone to call Heather and tell her that he purchased the test and she had to come get it. The jury was shown several items that were found on Sydney and Tammy's property. They had a shotgun shell, a bag of concrete mix, and cleaning solution. When the police obtained a search warrant to search their home, they found that they had actually installed a new security system since the police had first visited on December 20th. They looked at their new F-150 and the truck had a GPS navigation system. Huh. And surprise, surprise, there was only one time ever that the GPS had ever been disengaged, and it was the night of Heather's disappearance. And they caught a truck on that camera. Uh oh. The fancy new home security surveillance showed Sydney washing the car and vacuuming it out. The judge initially denied the ability to use the footage because a lot of people wash their vehicles. It doesn't necessarily mean anything more than that. Yeah, but when they've only had one trip. Well, and after watching it further, Sydney does something a little strange. He burned the rags afterwards. I um, do not do that when I clean my vehicle. I never have either. <laughs> never crossed are my we, mind. Are we missing out on something here? Maybe. <laughs> Tammy's sister, Ashley, does give an alibi for her. She says that on the night of the disappearance she was at the house babysitting the kids while Tammy and Sydney were out. Tammy sent a text to Ashley at 3:10 a.m. saying she was home. This would be before Heather actually went missing. Both Tammy and Sydney's phones were turned on and pinging from their home and were not at the landing. Even though there doesn't seem to be a lot of evidence proving that Tammy and Sydney had anything to do with this, there's something really interesting that happened. Heather's younger sister, Morgan, had been attending the court dates, and on Dateline, she explained that she looks a lot like Heather now, and she does. One day, Tammy ran into her in the hallway, and she heard Tammy gasp. Tammy did take the stand and explained that she had an open marriage with Sydney. The only reason she got upset was because he didn't tell her that he was seeing someone else. Hmm. Part of their deal was that they had to, like, be honest with each other about it. Tammy claims that they were working on their marriage and trying to get pregnant, so the pregnancy test bought in the middle of the night, that was for her. I'm not sure that Working on your marriage includes cheating, but, you know, right? To each their own, I guess. Yep. I guess we don't know, huh? She said that Sydney needed the concrete for work and the cleaning supplies, that was for their dirty camper. The shotgun shell was probably just from a turkey hunting or something like that. Tammy was found guilty of kidnapping and conspiracy to kidnap. She was served to 30 years per count to be served concurrently. Sydney was convicted of obstructing justice for lying to police during the investigation, and he was sentenced to 10 years. Sydney was retried for kidnapping and conspiracy to kidnap based on the outcome of his wife's case. The jury found Sydney guilty and got 30 years for each count to be served concurrently. I do want to mention that Heather's family has been receiving a lot of negative comments from people that feel they should tell them that Heather was wrong for getting involved with a married man. Now, first off, uh, mm, yeah, uh, Heather's friends made it real clear that Sydney told her the whole time it was an open marriage and he was leaving his wife, but that's besides the point. Uh Heather's missing and that should be the only thing that we are focusing on here. Yeah, Am I right? No victim blaming.
1: That is absolutely ridiculous.
0: Yeah, and to like go to her family and say that she was in the wrong. No. Dude,
1: that's disgusting. Don't That is do victim that. blaming and that is not okay ever.
0: Yeah. Not into that. So I wanted to make sure I just tell everybody, yes. stop that. Yeah, don't do that. If anyone listens. <laughs> Probably not, but we're going to try anyway. Okay. And then the last thing I want to just leave you with is Heather's family have said that they will never give up on this and they will always continue to search for her. Good for them. Yes.
1: Good and for them. And that
0: is the story of Heather Elvis. Oh,
1: man.
0: I know. I wish I could a- find her.
1: Yeah, that is an unfortunate story. Yes. I am not
0: sure how I feel. I guess I um, kind of wish that I could find, because I was trying to see if it said that like maybe the concrete was used or if they just found new concrete. Right. Because if it's used, you know, I don't want to say that like maybe she's in concrete at Peachtree Landing or something. Yeah. I like how you were trying
1: to describe it by like putting your hand up in the air over there. She's oh, down yeah. in there.
0: <laughs> you know how I describe I with know. my hands. I know. So
1: yeah, that is um, that's a sad story. Yeah, almost sad. Hmm. Well, thanks for like depressing me for the night.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was much appreciated. Okay, well, I've got really interesting stories coming up soon. I mean, they're always really interesting stories. Oh, yes. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yes. Okay. On that note. I guess we're done. Yeah, we are. (laughs) Well, before we let you go, make sure to tell us what stories you want us to tell you. (laughs) Uh, Follow (laughs) us on any of your podcast apps. Like us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest. Go to our website, check us out, see what's happening. Give us a five-star review, if you love us. <laughs> tell your friends, tell your cats. Um. Bye! bye.